Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mark Merwards podcast. And for this episode, I'll be talking about the NBA trade deadline that just passed a few days ago. I'll discuss the most impactful trades that happened around the league, talk about the whole Anthony Davis fiasco, and also talk about the current Lakers situation, which isn't looking really good right now. So to start off, probably the biggest news surrounding the trade deadline was the Anthony Davis situation. So he informed the Pelicans that he would want a trade through his agent, Rich Paul, who is coincidentally LeBron's agent as well. So the rumblings around the league were that Davis was trying to force himself to the Lakers. And of course, the Lakers were trying their best to engage with the Pelicans regarding a possible trade, even having to offer all their important pieces of the young core, namely Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma, as well as multiple future draft picks. They also even agreed to take on Solomon Hill's contract that the Pelicans wanted to unload. Anthony Davis is arguably a top 5 or maybe even top 3 player in the league when healthy, so you don't pass up opportunities for all NBA talent and potential Hall of Fame players like him. Personally, as a Lakers fan, I was fine with the Lakers trying to go all-in for Anthony Davis, even at the expense of sacrificing all of our young players. Also, it was pretty important for the Lakers to try their best to get AD before the deadline, because once the offseason arrives, more teams will try to come up with the offers, and what most people are saying is that the Boston Celtics might have the best offer because they have Jason Tatum. Some bias aside, I thought the Lakers offer for Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, some of their vets, and multiple draft picks would have been a great return for the Pelicans, because who knows what kind of offers might be available in the offseason. I think uh, those players of the young core that the Lakers have uh, showed enough promise that they can be legit- legitimately good players in the league. Uh, There was a risk to try and trade AD by the deadline, but there's also a risk to wait until this offseason because the offers may look a lot different by that time. As for AD possibly going to the Celtics, I'm not sure if Boston would even offer Jason Tatum the offseason. First reason is because he could have another good playoff run and the Celtics will feel a lot more attached to him. And another reason is that they won't just be willing to offer him in a deal if they aren't sure that AD will commit to signing with the Celtics long term. So with that, I'm still not sure if the Celtics trade offer in the offseason will look as good as what the Lakers offered. But now on to uh, trades that actually happened. Out in the Western Conference, there wasn't a lot of movement, so... A lot of the major moves happened in the Eastern Conference, starting with the first major trade during the deadline season, which was the New York Knicks trading away the franchise centerpiece Kristaps Porzingis, along with Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke to the Dallas Mavericks. In exchange for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks. This trade was really puzzling to me from the Knicks' standpoint, I understand that they had to unload the salaries of a lot of their players for cap space that you can use for free agents in the offseason, but I don't get why they would include Chris Stapps in the deal, who was only in his cheap rookie contract. It would have been still possible for the Knicks to get two max deals for free agents and still keep Chris Stapps, 
So it was confusing why they wouldn't want to try that out first. And maybe that could repair the relationship between the Knicks and Kristaps because they were able to get star players with him. However, this was a great deal for the Mavericks getting Kristaps, who is the uh, spiritual successor for Dirk Nowitzki. And once KP gets healthy, the Mavs will be able to utilize a great young talented duo of Luka Doncic and Kristaps for Perzingis for years to come. Three of the top five teams in the Eastern Conference made big moves to bolster their roster for a strong playoff push. First, the Bucks acquire sharpshooter Nikola Miritich from the Pelicans by just giving up some role players and four future second round picks. This is a great deal for the Bucks as they add another shooter that can surround Giannis Antetokounmpo. All signs point to him doing well with a lot of space in Milwaukee's system and Miritich will probably be their main scoring option off the bench and maybe even be part of their lineup to finish games. Another major trade was the Philadelphia 76ers going all-in and giving up their rookie Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, two first-round picks and two second-round picks for Mike Scott, Boban Marjanovic, and the dynamic scorer Tobias Harris. So with this deal, it looks like this is Philadelphia's all-in move for a win-now situation. With Harris in the starting lineup, the Sixers' first five players can match up with pretty much anyone in the league, with Simmons, Redick, Butler, Harris, and Embiid. Tobias Harris is also a good insurance policy in the case that Jimmy Butler leaves Philadelphia in free agency. Also, the trade looks really good for Philly now, with Tobias Harris looking good in the Sixers lineup so far. And the last Eastern Conference contender to make a deal were the Toronto Raptors acquiring Marc Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a future second round pick. Throughout the season, it really felt like a formality that Marc Gasol was leaving Memphis, but this move to the Raptors should invigorate him as he joins a contender. This is another all-in move by the Raptors to go for the championship this year with the uncertainty that surrounds Kawhi's decision in free agency. There were some minor trades that happened around the league, I'll talk about some that will have some sort of impact in one way or another. Uh, first, uh, Harrison Barnes was traded from the Mavs to the Kings in exchange for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson in what looks like a move the Kings made to go all out for their playoff push this year in which they are currently jostling with the Lakers and Clippers for the 8th seed. There was also a three-team trade that brought Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris to the Cavs Alec Burks to the Kings and Iman Shumpert to the Rockets. This looks like a good deal for the Rockets as they get another role player that can shoot from the perimeter. Also, in a trade that exchanges two young players, the Bucks approved of Thonmaker's trade requests and send him to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Stanley Johnson, who eventually landed with the Pelicans. Former number one pick Markel Fultz was also traded by Philadelphia to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons. 
This looks like a decent deal for both teams as Fultz can try to get back his confidence without any pressure in Orlando and Philadelphia gets another wing that can help boost their bench. Another Eastern Conference trade that happened was Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker being traded to the Wizards while Otto Porter goes to the Bulls. This seems like Washington's small step towards eventually blowing it up with a possibility of also dealing Bradley Beal in the horizon. And even though uh, the Lakers struck out on Anthony Davis, they made two minor moves in the deadline by acquiring Reggie Bullock from the Pistons for the rookies V. Mikhailuk and also acquiring Mike Muscala from the Clippers for Ivica Zubats and Michael Beasley in an attempt to try and improve their shooting that LeBron James desperately needs. Uh, which brings us to the current Lakers situation. The Lakers aren't really looking great right now, if I'm being honest. They lost by 42 points to the Pacers that don't have Victor Oladipo before the deadline. Then they win this dramatic game in Boston because of Rashawn Rondo. And then they get blown out in Philadelphia. And then they just lost to the Hawks, who are one of the worst teams in the league where LeBron played almost the whole game, got a triple-double, and it still wasn't enough. As of recording, the Lakers are still the 10th seed in the West, two spots and three games away from the lowest possible playoff seed. They would have to overtake the Kings and the Clippers right now just to make the playoffs. And of course, I understand that you can never count out a team with LeBron James, but right now, the whole situation just looks really bad in most areas. The young guys are still probably recovering from hearing their name being around trade rumors for weeks. And the veterans are in their one-year contracts, not really caring at all. And LeBron just coming back from injury and as usual, just barely contributing defensively. And also, they only have 25 games left in the season and have one of the tougher schedules in the league. So I'm still hopeful for the season. Who knows? They could still turn this around and have a good run when Lonzo Ball comes back and sneak their way to the playoffs. But uh, looking at it objectively, it just looks like things will just get harder from this point on for the Lakers. So that's all for today. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. And if you enjoyed it, it would be great if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and give it a five-star rating if you're listening on iTunes. Thanks for listening.